Grab a cuppa and take a seat. This is the Disability Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Disability Podcast with me, Zoe McLeod, and Stephen Toner. Today, we are joined by Lilac Ford Brown, who's going to tell us all about lupus. Hello, Lilac. Thank you for joining us. You're actually here in the flesh because yeah. luckily you're my beautiful housemate. Yeah, this is maybe the first time on a disability podcast where there's been a couple of people in the same room, maybe. Yeah, it it oh, and, and uh, allowed, yeah, I should fine. say, you know, follow. Yes, allowed. Of FYI to our <laughs> listeners, do not call the police. <laughs> she lives I here too. Know. Yeah, it's fine. We all live together. <laughs> Oh, well, thank you for joining us. Um, usually we ask our, our guests to give us a little definition of their disability. Obviously, you don't have to be like a dictionary. Like but, reading the, yeah. the, um... but for the likes of me, it's like, think of Captain Ignorant over here. He knows nothing. All right. So lupus is basically like your body is attacking itself and reacting very strangely to things. So it can honestly cause like many, many different symptoms. It's very hard to like diagnose. Yeah, I don't really know how to like boil it down into one thing because it's such a like broad thing. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. What would you say the main effects of it are? So the major ones would be fatigue, brain fog, just general aches and pains, migraines. You can get rashes sometimes, but I don't really deal with the rashes too badly. In terms of like diagnosis, was it something it was always about or did it uh, come along at some point when sort of did that happen or how did you find so, out? It's like a hereditary thing so my brother and I had a lot of childhood illnesses and my mum's got like a lot of conditions as well so it, we probably did always have it but we were diagnosed it comes out when you start puberty so when I was around 13 I probably got diagnosed but it was quite hard to get diagnosed because I had I had basically had seronegative lupus before, so like it wasn't showing up in the tests, but like the doctors and my mum particularly like believed that I did have it, and then it's only more in recent years that I've actually got like the test to prove it. So mm. yeah, it is quite hard to get diagnosed. It's just one of those mysterious illnesses. <laughs> this is just me imagining and speculating because, as I said, I'm captain ignorant. But is it almost like having to go through a lot of symptoms and things that could be other things and then you're trying to kind of almost trial and error work out what what it is yeah exactly yeah yeah what affects you the most on day to day in terms of lupus I would say the main effect is probably the brain fog it was like quite hard at school to keep up with things and to keep up relationships as well because I just felt like I was like behind this kind of fog I mean it's hard to say what the worst symptom would be because it's kind of like a flaring disease so basically it different things can trigger it but also I can flare at different times and different points in my life so like the confusing thing is that like I'll feel a completely different type of ill on a completely different week and it's kind of hard to like remember them all and like store them up in my mind so then when I'm kind of talking to a doctor or like having an interview um, Mm. (laughs) I'm kind of like struggling to like piece it all together but yeah I guess almost the fact that it does change so much is one of the hardest things 
whenever I'm ill, I'm questioning whether it's to do with my lupus or whether it's my fault or mm. have I triggered it or something's happened. So, yeah. And that sort of brain fog that you talked about, especially in school, was it kind of like random when it would flare up or would there have been things leading up to whenever it would be at its worst? Or was there like triggers for things or was it just sort of whenever it happens? So it can be, it can be completely random, like just come out of nowhere. There can also be like triggers of like my hormones affect it a lot. So if I'm about to have my period, like I'll have really bad brain fog and I'll get generally just iller. I feel like my main trigger is probably stress. So like when I'm stressed, I'll always get like a really bad lupus flare. So obviously the entirety of high school, I was like very <laughs> like ill because of all the stress. As your housemate, like I said at the beginning of the show, I'm Lilac's housemate. I've seen you have quite a few different kinds of flares because I remember yeah. times where you've just, like we've gone to the supermarket or something and you've had to like sit outside. One yeah. time we went to Aldi. And then I remember there was another time where you were like on the floor. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's another fun uh, yeah. symptom that I have that's not really properly explained or diagnosed. But um, I get these like sleepy things. I don't really know what to call them. I just go really drowsy and I act like I'm kind of drunk and out of it. And we actually still don't really know what caused it. The doctors are just like, oh, it's probably to do with your lupus. So, mm. Because I remember when I saw it happening to you, you were twitching almost like you were going to have a fit. Yeah. So I remember it really freaked me out. Yeah. So, so interesting that that's just I think just it's to do with my it. energy levels. Like, it's like my body's exhausted at the same time. It's trying to, like, gather the energy to move me. So I'm kind of, like, lying down but also twitching. But I'm always, like, fully conscious. But luckily that doesn't happen to me as much anymore because I've got all the medication and stuff. It's interesting as well because it's almost like from kind of chats we've had as well, I mean, there's almost elements of the diabetes and the epilepsy that I think when we've talked yeah. about before where I'm yeah. kind of feeling like there's similar, you know, manifestations. Yeah, there's a lot of overlap with autoimmune. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. I mean I have I have PCOS as well, so that's kind of got the insulin thing. Yeah, yeah. Well. So I have to like have quite a low GI <laughs> diet. Sorry. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Well, started, you can explain. So as a joke, because we can never think of a nickname for Lilac, I've started calling a low GI look. <laughs> <laughs> we should call, we should call really this loud. episode low GI look. Low yeah, GI. yeah. I love that. Yeah. I love, what's the fun thing? You can just, when you know other people with conditions, you can just joke about them together. And yeah. Stuff. yeah. So how does the low, G, going back to low GI look, how does the low GI <laughs> diet help with lupus like do you know what the direct so correlation it is? more helps I started because I have like PCOS and when I when my blood sugar was spiking a lot I was getting quite ill and exhausted and the brain fog was getting worse and I was also putting on quite a lot of weight very quickly so I started it because of that but I think generally it makes things easier on my body and my energy levels like to have a bit more of a level blood sugar so I guess it's just that it's like my, my body's not having to use as much energy to like process these things. Can Captain Ignorant ask another simple question? Yeah. What 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 is GI what does GI stand for? I mean I feel uh, like glycemic I index. Yeah, as a diabetic I would get flogged for not knowing that. <laughs> <laughs> I just realized yeah. I was like, come on, so, what are the so, 
what does that diet mean? Like, what can you and so you try you to eat low sugar foods? Obviously, I don't do that all the time. I give I'll, I have like two treats a week or whatever, <laughs> probably more. I'll <laughs> <laughs> eat a cookie cake glass. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, I'm not perfect, but it's more like a general like. It's not like I have to always be perfect, but I have to try and generally eat like whole foods, like brown mm. flour, brown pasta, and just um have very balanced food so like, even if i'm eating something sweet i need to make sure i've had the yeah. right like protein and stuff to like balance it out well again i mean that's interesting to me because again with the diabetes when my sister gave me a book oh, which i still had it sitting here so i could tell you who it was by which actually now when i think about it if she, when she hears this she'll go how did you not know what gi meant it was about treating diabetes by going after like cold foods as opposed to just cutting out you know, carbs. Yeah, exactly, that was yeah. these guys' recommendation was that that's what you did, and that you could actually, like, even a diabetic whose pancreas isn't working, that you could essentially condition your body to be able to end up to not have to inject at all. So, um, yeah. When I get unpacked in the new house, I'll take that book out. Yeah. Back to <laughs> I definitely noticed when I did it that my metabolism has sped up a lot which is mm. interesting because now I actually eat more than I did but I like don't put on as much yeah. weight my body's just doing the right things to like metabolize I guess yeah good and it's not that but, bad I like brown pasta I like brown rice I like brown yeah. pasta more than white pasta to be fair yeah so yeah it's pretty good and brown bread delicious yeah yeah and so you, you can have sourdough pizza as well so that's fine I order sourdough <laughs> and in general really good <laughs> Uh, so what kind of medication do you actually take? Is there like a specific one or is it like supplements? So and stuff I take like that? Plaquenil and I take low dose aspirin because I, I have sticky blood as well. And I have to like take the aspirin to make the platelets slippery. Otherwise I can get blood clots. But then generally I have to take like a million supplements because mm-hmm. autoimmune conditions can like cause deficiencies. So I have to like, have B12 jabs and like take lots of vitamin D and vitamin C and I can't really remember them all but basically I have like a million pots of vitamins that are like really huge and hard to swallow (laughs) which is fun and Um, that that blood water oh yeah yeah like I'm I'm sensitive to taking iron supplements I have to have this like iron enriched water and it tastes like blood it's so bizarre yeah it's very bizarre but I do kind of feel like a vampire vampire when I'm drinking you're, it, you're yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I am curious, so I might have to try some sometime. Yeah. Okay, well, I always want people to try it, see what they think, but some people are scared. So with the medication, is it kind of like, because obviously with epilepsy, like I have to take my meds or I will have a seizure. Yeah. If you don't take your medication, will you have a flare or does it just put you at a higher chance of something uh, going wrong? It's so it builds up so probably if I didn't take it for like one or two days I'd be fine but if I was to stop taking my medication my conditions would get worse and basically the reason my mum has like nine conditions is because she wasn't really diagnosed when she was younger so she didn't have all that medication growing up so over the years she's like developed more and more Mm. difficulties with her body so it's kind of a case of like catching it early getting the medication, looking after yourself and just hoping not too many new things pop up (laughs) that are wrong with you. 
there's one that I keep trying to ask every single week. It's sometimes it's more relevant than others. So don't worry if you're like, Meh. but um, we're always trying to kind of dispel myths. So obviously I'd say a lot of people out there are as clueless as me and don't really know anything about the condition, but is there anything that you have maybe seen where lupus has been like incorrectly portrayed or, cause we talked a lot about maybe examples in, in the media, whether it's film and TV or even on news reports and things. Is there any time where you've kind of felt like you've seen or read something and gone, I've got that. That's not accurate. To be honest, I kind of wish I had, but I just don't think I've seen anything, anything about all. it really. Like there's sometimes like this reference of like, so do you know what I mean? One. Yeah, where they're yeah. like, oh, it's not lupus. Yeah, it's a, it? there's something like, it's in, you know, the TV show House. Yeah, the doctor's like, thing. They, they say like, oh, it's never lupus or something like that. Yeah, because it's always That's like really the last thing <laughs> do because it could be like anything. Tells you a lot about how hard it is to get diagnosed, I guess, if you've yeah. been, even yeah. TV shows are saying it's never lupus. <laughs> yeah. I mean, more of a general misconception maybe is that the tests for these kind of things are actually accurate because I think they sometimes miss people that will be like seronegative for years and years, but they have all the symptoms and they won't necessarily be treated by the medical professionals as though they have it, even though they do. Yeah. So the tests definitely need to get better. What does seronegative, is that what you just said? Yeah. What does that mean? So what I think like it just means that you're positive. in the test they're using, you're not, technically showing up as having like the antibodies that they might require but then if you've got a family history and you've got all the symptoms anyway it's kind of like you're kind of like oh well it is that (laughs) so are you positive or negative i i have now tested positive for lupus and aps but my mum only has just recently as well and she's obviously been living it with it for a lot longer than me so yeah i think that's a good thing to be aware of are there other conditions that it could quite often be misdiagnosed as? MS. Oh, yeah, yeah, of course, right. Because it's that kind of thing of, like you said, for autoimmune, so it's like having that kind of yeah. everything kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Also, I think some, I can't really remember which particular ones, but I think some mental disorders, like I think if you have APS really badly, you can then become like really depressed or whatever, or your emotions go up off balance and you can sometimes be diagnosed as having like other mental disorders instead or like in the worst case i guess being diagnosed as like making it all up or something but yeah. <laughs> that's something that happens yeah yeah is that gonna always kind of be the case if they're not able to as easily define or you know i don't know just do like a blood test and go oh you yeah have this or whatever then you know people are probably always gonna because people are shit so they're always gonna yeah kind of they be are yeah skeptical yeah we had one really shit uh doctor surgery that kind of tried to do that with my mum yeah like she's oh she's making it up she's sad but then luckily she like fought her way and yeah she sorted them out so yeah <laughs> that sounds really sinister like it's so different because obviously like they can take steve to the doctors and clearly you know he has diabetes you can scan my brain and clearly see that i have epilepsy yeah so it's not like anyone can say to me or steve like oh you're just making up what you're doing so it must be like such a different experience of getting diagnosed when you're kind of trying to be like i am actually very sick (laughs) 
and your sense of like believing yourself is like constantly like in question as well you're like oh am I making this up am I making a fuss am I imagining this and there's not really that much evidence always that you're not but you kind of know as well because you feel crap (laughs) and also I suppose like the way Zoe just said it I mean if you boil it all down they're kind of like one one puzzle for me to do or something like yeah it's not it's not in the reality as simple as that but like on paper if you boil it down it's like this is the problem that you have to deal with now yeah and kind of having way more things going on and some of them less defined and less clear is obviously like a whole other thing in itself yeah I was kind of going to ask that as well because I suppose I think with all of us and all the interviews we've done we've talked quite often about how things affect physically as well as mentally and one thing I always struggled with when I was talking about the diabetes and going to clinics and everything I go in and they'd always when they'd be doing your kind of like MOT of checking how everything is they'd go and uh, do you feel depressed and I'd be <laughs> well like do you mean like in general or because of the diabetes you know because I kind of felt like I don't quite understand here is this like because I'm diabetic I'm more likely to be depressed or is it like I don't know I was like chicken and egg but I was like yeah yeah you know, do you feel like there's a direct correlation with regards how you feel in your head to how you feel physically or is it kind of like an environmental I've just helped myself around in circles here hopefully you know there's a question in there somewhere I, I know what you mean though I get what you mean. I think it's like you were saying, it's like a chicken and egg situation where, well, one of the symptoms of lupus can be depression. So it could be that it could cause mental issues, but it also could be like the fact that you have it could cause mental issues. I think that's the difficult thing. You don't know where things start and end. So you feel like Mm. you're constantly in this state of questioning, like, oh, did I cause this? Or like, is this because of lupus? Is this because of this? And you can't actually really know the answers. You're kind of, like just a bit unsure (laughs) you're just trying to keep an eye on things but you yeah you're not sure yeah you've said that you have a few different conditions right so kind of you know how you said that your mum kind of got these because of lupus are these other conditions caused by the lupus or were they kind of just pre-existing and similar or connected I think it might not have even been that the lupus was first necessarily although yeah, I don't know. But I think it's more that those kind of things can come together in groups and also that over time of your body struggling with these antibodies, it does just make you iller and iller. Like it can take a toll on your like kidneys or your liver or your heart or whatever. So I don't really know if like the lupus caused it. But um, yeah, I think just the fact that she had um, immune issues and was never treated just kind of, yeah cause her to be like as ill as she is now is there anything for sort of like friends and family of people who are suffering from lupus is there things that you think people can do to make it easier anything as clear-cut as that I mean I, I know every yeah. circumstance is different but I think the main one is just um just to believe the person about how they feel like I've got amazing friends and like they all believe me and stuff now but like obviously when we were teenagers and we were all a bit stupider, like people definitely like would be like, oh, you don't look ill or like, why weren't you in school the other day? But now we're having a fun school day. You're just here. 
And it's like, why is the need to like question me? I already feel like crap. And it was the same with teachers as well. I think, yeah, just believing the person and what they're saying and recognizing that, yeah, you can't always tell when someone's ill and you can't always understand what their triggers are. Like they might just be stressed. Like it might seem like they're just avoiding a stressful situation, but it might be because it will make them physically ill. Hmm. So yeah, that's the main thing I would say. Did you try and explain it to your friends when you were younger or did you just feel deterred from it because of thing. your experiences? I think I didn't. I think I literally have completely kind of decided I wasn't ill. I decided to like deal with it by just pretending it wasn't happening, basically. So I, I'm only just now realising, like, I didn't even really realise I had triggers when I was younger because I was so, like, out of tune with myself. But, yeah, I definitely feel like when I was younger, I did find it easy, but I think now I'm a lot better. I think I, I felt like this, probably, like, everyone with a chronic illness has this, like, this deep down, like, shame that I was trying to, like, blame it on something else or that it was my fault or whatever. I didn't want to, like, be like, oh, poor me, but... Mm. I think everyone yeah. with a chronic disability. I think it's actually a real big, like, yeah, identity. Like you don't, re- especially when you're a teenager, you just kind of everything's already so weird that you just accept it as one of those other weird things that you just have to put mm. up with. Mm. And then as you get older, you're like, actually, no, that's really hard and difficult. And I need to like let other people cut me some slack and not just like pretend it's not happening. Yeah, I think like the more. The more that we've done this podcast, the more when we sort of began it, it was like, for me especially, I felt like I was finding out that people had conditions. You know, a lot yeah. for a lot of the instances, it was like I didn't even realize that people had conditions. People that I, I knew knew quite well, and I kind of think as time's gone on, it's made me realize even more, like <laughs> almost like we're a really good bunch of people, but because I kind of we're, we're not all labeled or defined as our condition, <laughs> even though you know we've. All, all kind of known each other quite quite a bit of time which is kind of like good news in a way because then I think it allows everyone to feel a bit more at ease with their own thing or to go hold on stop I have to deal with this whatever it is and not think oh I don't want to bring it up you know I think definitely just what I've seen is every person seems to say like similar things you know like I just didn't want to believe I was sick like me I I didn't take my medication and I think you know that's kind of internalization of the horrible you don't look sick kind of thing Mm. if you look in the mirror and you're like but I'm fine like I'm standing here I'm wiggling all my like bits around I exist I'm not sick I can't be sick because I look fine and I think that's it's just such a big thing in society that I just think everybody does absorb it and it causes such bad depression because people are like, yeah, yeah, you just feel terrible about yourself. <laughs> like, mm. how am I fine? But I'm not fine all at the same time. When you hide it a lot as well, I think you you build up a sense of shame without meaning to. Yeah. You feel like that part of you isn't out there and the people that love you don't love you, including that part. But in reality, they would. But because you're not yeah. sharing it, you kind of build up. Oh, totally. Shame that's feeling. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think I think that's probably, and it's like what you said before as well. You know, that tied into that period of being a teenager and everything. You know, more so than ever, you want to be kind of like, don't see this part. You know, yeah, and, yeah. and then that's just like throwing petrol on the fire for the shame flame. Yeah, the shame. 
it's such a double-edged sword for me because it's probably good overall but I just have to tell everybody I have epilepsy I'm like <laughs> by the way if I fall to the floor and start wiggling do not panic it's fine <laughs> well I think that's the thing I think more and more I'm realizing that it should just be something thrown out. Like, I think that was because, you know, I think you and me, the first day we met, it was like, I'm epileptic, I'm diabetic. And it was kind of done and dealt with there and then. And I probably should have realized that if, if I'm like that every time, like, it's like, my name is Steve, I'm a diabetic. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just done. There doesn't have to be any, like, you know, it's just like, eh, you know, it's, it's yeah. out there. And you um, never know who might understand how you're feeling. As well. yeah and it might, and help might bring you closer people feel yeah it might help other people feel more open and honest about totally, their yeah. yeah which we need to do that's what are the aim of our podcast yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're like pouring water on the shame flame well, that's it <laughs> for the first time on the disability um podcast we're oh, actually drinking tea. tea together look at that oh. Do you know what? This is the first one that I didn't bring a cup of tea. <gasps> oh, I meant in the flesh. I got to drink tea with someone. Look, hold on. Yeah, I was going to say, like, if you were never drinking drink, tea, your whole drink. show is a lie. <laughs> For our listeners, that was the clink of the teacup. I I always thought it was more like if we spill the tea. Yeah. Yeah. True. Well, as we're kind of coming towards the end. I have one kind of silly one I always ask, but I think it's pretty important as well to say, is there anything you think to do with your condition that you feel like you'd like to talk about? Maybe even specifically thinking about if somebody else is maybe newly diagnosed or anything. Is there, or is there anything about it that you just feel like that part of the information never gets across? Like anything at all, really? I have to think about Or maybe, you know, it's maybe a bit of an overused one, but if you were talking to your younger self, um, yeah. Would there be advice kind of wise you would say? Maybe that stress is as much a legitimate trigger as any of the like physical or other ones. Like it doesn't mean that it's less real or like that you shouldn't tell the doctor about it. Or I, I guess because I had that mentality of like they think I'm making it up. I thought if I like said that going to school and getting stressed made me iller, that they would think I was making it up to mm. not go do work at school or whatever so I think yeah just anything that makes you feel crap even if it's something like stress like just believe yourself yeah take it seriously well an- another little one there actually because I was just thinking this because now I'm starting to realize other than spending these podcasts trying to think of questions I should be thinking about the whole and what's the kind of reality so other than you were sort of talking that a lot of what what you would take is sort of preventative all the kind of supplements and things and everything if you were say we were all out somewhere now and you started to feel unwell or whatever is it just a case of kind of waiting it out until things improve as in is there anything that those around you should be aware of or be thinking of or it's just like let me kind of sit sit this through and then i'm good to go again um says captain ignorant yeah there's not really much i can really do so if i've got a migraine i've got this thing called forehead which you like can put like this i don't know how it's like a cold sensation on your head right uh, which helps but as for other people i would say there's not really much like sometimes i'll get slurry and out of it and i guess all i need is for like someone to just say like 
I guess are you all right and let me like take me somewhere quiet or something but it, it doesn't normally get to that point where like I couldn't just kind of do that myself <clears throat> so yeah not really not really much just if you're my friend maybe lots of hugs but you're <laughs> 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 a random person <laughs> it's, not, it's, it's not one of those ones where you potentially I'm just thinking when you were saying earlier about the like kind of you good goose level and stuff I suppose because a lot of again I was saying a lot of what you were saying sounded so familiar to me I was wondering if you could end up in a position where you would potentially be needing some glucose because you were kind of flaking out or whatever I would say when it comes to yeah I think when it comes to like migraines and things like if sometimes I won't realize it but the like the trigger of the migraine will be that I just haven't eaten enough then I just need like something like nice and filling, like proteiny to just kind mm. of sort me out. But normally I tend to be all right when I'm out and about. I try and just make sure I've eaten enough. I find weirdly it's worst when I'm like hungover. If I don't eat, I'll just, <laughs> my whole body will just become so ill. But maybe that's just partly just being hungover. <laughs> <laughs> that's a diet control test where you get somebody else to get precisely as drunk as you (laughs) (laughs) test everyone punch each person at the same time see how annoyed they get yeah i was just thinking that when you have like the big your bigger lupus attacks it is kind of just like when you're really drunk it it? feels like when i'm drunk i was just remembering that time where we we went on a little club adventure and i had to leave you in the arms of steve to go and redeem all the jackets and i was just thinking it does seem quite similar yeah yeah that's another thing i'm not supposed to like drink a lot with my lupus Mm. which and also i think aspirin makes you get drunker as well so Mm. i do sometimes get if i get a migraine when i'm drunk i'll just go completely slurry and like people will often think i'm a lot drunker than i am but it's just because my brain's just dying i guess yeah that's interesting though because i have heard quite a few diabetics where apparently they seem to get more drunk than everyone else yeah Woo-hoo. <laughs> i don't know i mean not from personal experience like but yeah I've, I've i feel like with stories. almost every disability they tell you not to drink too much so. yeah and it's like you yeah. still want to live your life they're always like don't drink too much you have epilepsy you can cause seizures and i'm like screw you i'm gonna drink a i don't know i was about to say budweiser but i'm not that gross i guess you just gotta make those calls for yourself haven't you like you have yeah. a limit where you shouldn't mess with it too much, but then yeah, you also want to have like a fun life. So yeah, so. I mean, we all we all get the temptation, more more fuel on the shame flame. Something <laughs> 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 as well it. though with the shame flame, like I think if you're not treating your body perfectly, you start to like this blame of like why you're ill starts to creep in. But you're like, actually, if I wasn't ill, I wouldn't be reacting this way to this like mm. minor thing. So I shouldn't really like blame myself. True. Basically, I'm I'm such a fan <laughs> of some celebrity culture that uh, I always ask our our uh, interviews if uh, they're aware of anyone in any part of film, television, sport, music, whatever who suffers from the same condition as them. Are you aware of anyone maybe in the public eye? is lupus that we might not be aware of the only one that like i'm aware of like that i kind of know who she is because i've looked this up before is selena gomez oh right 
But then apparently Lady Gaga has like lupus in her family and she has the antibodies, but she's not got any symptoms. Right. So that's kind of interesting. Yeah. But yeah, so the only one I really know is Selena Gomez. There were there were more, but I didn't really know who they were, so <laughs> I haven't really remembered them. Well, it'll give me something to go look up on the internet. Yeah, I think she did like a, an announcement about it on Instagram or something. But I think she had an operation. Yeah, to do she with had lupus, a, like, yeah. a kidney transplant. had failed or something. Yeah, lupus, she had a kidney fun. transplant. I remember seeing that on the news because I think it was her best friend oh, who gave her the kidney. Oh. You're right. I do remember hearing that as well. Yeah. 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 I didn't yeah, know I'm that surprised was there aren't. I'm surprised there aren't more. There must be more, but you just don't really know about it. See, the thing was, even before the start of this episode, I felt like when I heard the word, I was like, oh, I am familiar with that. Like, as in, like, I've definitely heard of it. Yeah. And now as time's going on, I'm thinking, I think I know absolutely nothing about this. I don't think I, you know, I've actually ever seen a representation of somebody. And there's different types of it as well. So I hope I've got this right. The, The name lupus, I think, comes from, like, because a lot of people lupus get really bad red rashes, like particularly on their face. And I think it was to do with like wolves. I might have like made this up, so I don't know, but I feel like I've heard that somewhere. And it is lupus. Loop. That's to do with lupus, yeah. isn't it? Lupin. I thought it meant rabbit in French, but maybe it's from the Latin. <laughs> I only know this because in, in my film studies class we made a film which i believe was based on a version of little red riding hood and it was called lupin rose and i presume that was to the world yeah lupin comes lupin. from comes from the word lupus which yeah. is the latin for wolf for wolf so that's a bit rude i don't really know why they had to call it that but you know but it's i guess cool. we can own it now like it's yeah. cool yeah wolves are cool man but yeah i don't have the rush thing but yeah, I feel like That's diabetes. Like a lot of people like associate a... that with lupus, the rash. Diabetes sounds like a Roman emperor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Roman emperor. alliance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what do I get? That the hummingbird, maybe woodpecker, maybe very fast. I don't know. It's trying to think of something that moves in a weird way. I'm just, for anyone who can't see me, well, other than Stephen Lyke, I'm trying to move my head like a woodpecker. You're it's kind of like working. that cat meme. It's like... Anyway. Well, thank you very much, Slag. That's been an education for definite. I'm enjoying as time's going on. The, it's like the least I know at the start, I'm getting the most educated out of. So it's been it's been great. So thank you very much. Yeah, and thanks for thank being for open nice to us as well. Thanks for coming all the way, all the to way the here. Next room. <laughs> all the way into my bedroom. But no, thank you. See, I've, I've known you for how long now? Five, five years. I've known you for five years. And I still didn't know some of that. So it's very interesting. Well, that's, yeah, it was nice to have a nice chat. Yeah. You guys. Let's go to the pub. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. It's a bit of fine. <laughs> <laughs> Our after hours show. And and three shots of uh, shame, shame flame. Yeah. Shame Gather flame around shots. the shame flame, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Warm yourselves. Thank you very much to all our listeners. This has been Sarah McLeod, Stephen Toner, and Lilac Ford Brown for the Disability Podcast. Bye. 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 <laughs>